You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, hey there. Yeah, and a good Saturday morning, and I use the term good very loosely. Uh, Weather's going to be the big news on this morning's show, uh, in case you've uh, been in a cave and haven't heard the winds howling. Uh, Depending on where you are along the Gulf Coast, we've got a frontal system that is moving from the west to the east, uh, kind of on an upward movement also to the northeast a little bit. Uh, It's stretching almost the entire country down into the Gulf of Mexico. Here's what your forecast looks for if you're planning on doing any boating today, which I strongly suggest you do not. Southwest winds 20 to 25 knots. Of course, the gusts could be much higher than that. We're talking 15-foot seas offshore in the Gulf of Mexico. And on interior lakes and bays, south to southwest winds, uh, 20 to 25, can make for some really rough conditions there. Now, behind this frontal system, a whole lot better. Uh, No rain. There's also going to be light east winds by tomorrow, 5 to 10 is what they're calling for. But those offshore seas are going to take a while to quiet down. They're still going to be around 6 foot. But on the interior lakes and bays tomorrow, an east wind at 5 to 10 knots, you could actually see some smooth conditions. We have got a 2.2 tidal range, and that is extremely high for the Gulf Coast area. Mississippi River is also extremely high for this time of year, 11.2 on the gauge and continues to rise. This is going to cause some areas to close. The Pearl River's high. We're expecting the Pearl River management area to be closed, possibly Boca Chitta also. So before you head out, check the weather, check for closures in your particular area. We've also got some other big news this week, that long-awaited information on the speckled trout population recovery measures have finally been presented to the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission. That happened on Thursday. Uh, biologist Jason Adriance is going to join us. He's going to be with us at 8 o'clock this morning. That'll be following this program. It comes on More Outdoors, and More Outdoors is easier than ever to listen to. You just go to radio.com and click on 105.3 FM HD, and you will hear the program uh, through your listening device, whether it be a desktop or an iPhone. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the possible options the state is going to have to make some decisions on. Nothing is set yet. There's going to be some discussion. Some of it uh, will be controversial about whether we're going to choose to limit the number of fish, choose to limit the size, perhaps a slot limit, maybe some combination. There will be a lot of options to choose from, and you may be asked to weigh I'm hoping the public is asked to weigh in on that. We also got some fishing reports from some of our marinas. We'll find out more of a weather report than fishing. And I got a special February duck hunting opportunity after the regular season closes for certain Alabama hunters. I got details of that. Our bad boy, the outdoor story, uh, and this is early to get one so severe in January, but we've got a case of a sad and very expensive ending to one man's 2019 deer season. And if you've ever thought about being a bird watcher, that's also easier and more enjoyable than you think. Outdoor writer and photographer and author of Louisiana Birding, a new book, John Flores is going to talk about his new book and how hunters and fishermen can also become birders at the very same time. And, of course, we love to hear from you. We have a text message board open right here at the studio. It's real time, and I see the text messages are coming in from some of our regulars. We'd love to hear from you. Let me know what the weather conditions are in your area. They're expecting some of this to be pretty severe. Text us at 870-870. Tell us who you are, where you are, and what you've got going on this Saturday morning. 
and we'll share those with our audience. If you've got some news to pass along, that's even better. 870-870 is our text message board. And we'll be right back and see if we can get a hold of Robbie Campo, find out what's happening down in the parish of St. Bernard doing this uh, approaching frontal system. It's moving rather quick, and the rain band is not that wide the further south you go. So I don't think it's going to dump a lot of rain, but you've got to be really careful of those winds. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. You know, you're probably not the only one that's asking yourself, why do these frontal systems time to come through on a Saturday morning? (laughs) Well, it doesn't always, but it sure seems like it happens quite frequently that way. And we've got one approaching, depending on where you are, you may be on the back side of it. It's already entered into the state of Louisiana. Uh, Probably the worst of it somewhere between Lake Charles and Lafayette. And we'll be getting updates from some of our listeners. Just tell us where you are and what you're seeing out there. And this system is massive. It extends uh, from almost the entire country all the way down into the lower Gulf of Mexico. But the good news is it's moving through very quickly. And uh, there's some severe winds that you've got to be careful of. Uh, boating, uh, maybe some quick duck hunts to the east of it and can get back in before it hits them. But other than that, looks like fishing for the most part is a no-no today. Let's talk to Robbie Campo, see what's happening down in St. Bernard Parish. Robbie, are you actually at the marina this morning? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Um, I tell you, Donna, water is on the docks. Uh, the wind's blowing out of the you know, south-southeast about 16 knots, I guess. Um, I looked at the buoy. It, it was uh, 15.9 gusting to 20, 22.5 or something like that just a minute ago. Um, you know, I think this wind is going to, you know, it's going to it's going to turn act in a little bit here when this frontal system gets through. But uh, the water is extremely high this morning. I do not recommend anybody to come fishing today. Um, if you're going to stand on the bank, that might be one thing. But go get in a boat. I don't believe that's a good idea. Um, um, you know, just because you know, you're going to be putting your life in danger and somebody else has to go rescue you. Um, but anyway, yesterday they caught some fish right here. You know, in the last couple of days, they caught some fish right here by the fort, which we, which we hadn't seen in a very long time. Um, not limits, but they caught like 30, 35, and it, you know, a beautiful trout. Uh, caught some trout up in the Mr. Go up here about three miles up. You know, plenty, plenty sheephead down. I don't know where they showed up from, but along the rocks here, anywhere where they got some rock structure along this uh, this, this Mr. Go, all the way down to the dam, all the way to the Long Rocks, actually. I uh, had some people go down to Long Rocks. Plenty, plenty sheephead. If you if you like catching sheephead, you can catch those, but I don't recommend it doing it today. Tomorrow, different story. Um, um, as far as our duck hunters, they did kill some birds in the Biloxi Marsh yesterday. Uh, the you know the WMA was was hot yesterday for some reason. Um, <laughs> everybody that went there did very very well, um, which was a which was good to hear because you know for for the longest time no ducks no ducks no ducks and then all of a sudden they showed up yesterday. So um, you know like I said I do not recommend somebody coming out to go fish this morning. It's just not going to be a good idea. Uh, if you, know, if you um, got a fish, so maybe down, head for a farm pond somewhere and maybe catch some yeah, bass. Yeah, right. Brim. Absolutely, Absol- absolutely. What do you think is going to happen with the speckled trout um, uh, changes? You, you, what, what's your thoughts on this? I think they're going to recommend some cuts, and I think those cuts, in order to achieve their goal of, of increasing the SPR to where it needs to be, are going to be very deep. I'm talking about maybe. 10 or even single digit limits 
Uh, it depends on what combina if a combination, if they can either go with just limits, uh, you know, reduce from 25 to 10 or below. They could also up the, the minimum size. And from the stats I'm looking at, the thing that saves, and that's what they call saving the fish or keeping them in the water the most, is increasing that minimum size. But, you know, but then again, that also decreases your limit because you're going to have to release a lot of those undersized fish a lot more. Now, they're talking about a slot limit uh, or they're talking about some combination of maybe not making the cut on the limit so severe but increasing the minimum size up. So somewhere in the balance, they're going to find the, what they suggest, and I hope they're going to take this around the state, get some public comment, you know, because I did a poll a while back on this very thing, and 70 percent of the people that voted said they <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> would rather see the limit cut to 10 or 15 rather than have closed seasons because that's a consideration. Limit the number of anglers, put a slot size with maybe 20 inch on the top and who knows, 15 inch on the bottom and, you know, catching between 15 and 20 inch trout. That's going to cut back on the numbers. So it's a, it's a real uh, volatile system and. Uh, it's complicated, and eventually the, the commissioners will be the one that will dictate it. But, you know, what I think we need to do is keep everybody fishing, keep an amount of fish that, that you're happy with, and keep it going. But don't cut it so severely where people just quit fishing, where they sell the boat, they don't well, go out there, because that's the worst thing that could happen, because then the, the money that's needed from license sales and equipment, we don't have that, and we can no longer manage them. Well, you know, Don, uh, it, it, it's kind of just like the duck hunting goes uh, from you know from the seventies to now, we lost eighty eighty thousand duck stamps. You know, that's people not buying duck stamps. So, if if you know they want to make these drastic measures with with speckled trout, you could believe people are going to quit. Well, you know, just they're not going to go for it. That's just you know it's not going to be worth the time, the money, the money that you spend on gasoline and bait, and this is not going to be good for the economic wheel of Louisiana if this thing happens. And I know you know this what I'm talking about. Um, uh, somebody asked me uh, just yesterday what I thought about. It. I said, "Well, I said I think you ought to be able to keep the first, the first twenty that you put. If you want to cut it to twenty, keep the first twenty you put in the boat. And turn the big sows loose. You know, turn them big, them big trout loose when you catch them. They're the ones that have the most eggs. I mean, you know, maybe keep one over a certain, you know, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two inches. You know, one slot fish." And turn the you know turn the big ones loose and keep the first ones you catch because you know like I know if you catch a eleven and a half inch trout like everybody complains about that time of the year and they fishing along the long rocks they throwing those suckers back and the dolphins are eating them as fast as they want them back overboard. I've been and in that dolphins situation. Dolphins and pelicans and yeah, oh absolutely, you, you got, absolutely. When you when you increase the yeah when when you, you increase know, the minimum size, you increase the mortality on the ones that you release. There's no doubt about that. So No doubt. No anyway, doubt. Uh, no. I'm going to have the biologist on at 8 o'clock this morning on our second show, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pick his brain and let him tell us what they found and what they think and what the options will be. And then people need to use the process and contact their commissioners and, and let them know what they think and you know let the best decision be made for, for the species, for the fish, and for the industry. Absolutely. Well, Don, like I said, I don't recommend somebody coming fishing this morning. I just no. don't. I, <laughs> look, clean your sock drawer today. Do something. Do a honeydew or two. Make some points <laughs> with the wife. And just, just regroup and we'll get after it next tomorrow or next week. Because it, it just, look, when yeah, this stuff comes through, it's not going to okay. be anything nice. It's not going to be anything no, nice when this happens nasty. in a little while. So 
All right, uh, Don, we'll talk to you next Saturday, and I hope I got a better report okay, for buddy. you. Uh, all right, talk to you later, buddy. Yeah, you can't you can't do anything about the weather. That's one no, thing we can't no, change. No, Thanks, no, Robbie. Absolutely not. Bye bye. All right, Robbie Campo down at the Shell Beach Campos Marine. All right, coming back after this, I'm uh, gonna get to some of your text messages. I see we got one from Carlsbad, New Mexico. It's thirty two degrees. Oh, it ain't nowhere near that here. Listens to us every Saturday morning and says he misses Louisiana. I can understand that. All right, we'll be back with more of those texts and some more of the stuff you and I love to talk about hunting and fishing. We do it every Saturday right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Yeah, and this is one of those Saturday mornings where, uh, yeah, you might have had the boat hooked up and you were planning on going out, but you took a look at this weather forecast and say, uh-uh, Robbie Campbell, uh, some very good advice. Uh, he was not suggesting anyone go out in a boat today. We're talking 20 to 25 knot sustained winds and gusts even higher. That's a dangerous situation. Also got a good bit of rain going to be passing through. Uh, in fact, some of you probably are already on the back side of this because it is pretty narrow, especially through the Louisiana portion of it. And somewhere around approaching Lafayette about now, uh, most of it, and probably light rain trailing all the way back to the Texas state line. That'll be around for a while. And if you're east of those areas, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, uh, Port Sulphur, Venice, Biloxi, Mobile, Pensacola, Jackson, Mississippi, those areas have yet to get it. We got the winds, but uh, not the rain. It doesn't look like it's going to drop a whole lot of rain. I would think most areas, unless it slows down and stays over there, probably maybe an inch and a half to two inches of rain. So that being said, we got a lot to talk about, and uh, we get some text messages come in from our listeners, and we love to share them with you. Uh, first up, we got one from our buddy, the Lafayette Yakker. He says it's a little gusty, but he didn't have any rain as of that time when he texted. It is very warm. Yes, it's been unusually warm for this time of the year. He's heading east when the weather clears for the big game. Go Tigers. Oh, yeah, that's right. we got a championship game, but that's not till Monday. He says he might be able to fish by next week. Well, go get him. Here is Justin uh, Gentilly. He manages the Gentilly Wildlife Management Area. He's watching, oh, he was watching Bayou Wild TV. Our TV show on Saturdays uh, comes on at 4 a.m. on WUPL. It's kind of a preview of this show. And this week's show wasn't intentional, but it's about safety and rescue from the marsh. Uh, some tips from the Coast Guard about how to prepare, if you're particularly duck hunters, when you're camouflaged and you're out in the marsh. Uh, I'll give you the rest of the times and days when you can catch that program. He says he remembers losing three friends who were drinking, went out unprepared, and froze to death. I think that may be the same case I recall. It was, I think they were students, college students, and they went out on a day, kind of like today. It was in the 70s. They went duck hunting, and the place was in the Manshack Swamp. Front came through, winds blew so hard, they couldn't paddle against it. Temperature dropped really quickly to, to below freezing right behind that frontal system, and they were ill-prepared, didn't have the right clothing. They got wet, and uh, they did. They found them. Actually, one of them was frozen to a cypress tree. He was trying to hold on in the wind and and basically had to cut him out of the ice. Horrible, horrible. That was back in the late 80s, I think, or maybe early 80s. All right, here's one says, I'm driving the big rig to Panama City today. Wind is brutal. Great show as usual. That's from our Trucker friend Danny, good for you, Danny. Be careful out there. Uh, George from Dixie Ranch says, uh, bad weather, going to miss seeing you and Martha. See you soon. What he's talking about, we have, this is going to disrupt my plans. This afternoon we were headed out to the Dixie Ranch Wildlife Management Club. It's a hunting lease in Lacombe, Louisiana. Uh, I was one of the founding members, uh, Ron Patterson and some other guys got together, and this is when land in St. Tammany Parish generally was not leased. It was open. 
and decided to make a club and put in conservation and management practices. And it's been going on and on all these years. And Ronnie has now kind of passed on the baton to his son, Jeremy, who is now the club president. We're going to do a feature on Dixie Ranch about how it can almost be a country club atmosphere, but yet there's, there's hunting going on, people with a common interest. Great bunch of people, and we're going to re- reschedule that for next Saturday afternoon. So if you're a Dixie Ranch member, come on out. We'd love to see you and talk with you. All right, let's see. i got some more text messages coming in. Uh, this one says, uh, somebody says it's got to be blowing 30, if not more. Yeah, well, I'm not sure where you are, but uh, if you're in the Gulf Coast area, or really anywhere, Mississippi, Alabama, you're going to be getting some of those very stiff winds. All right, we come back, I'm going to tell you a kind of a little preview of what we're going to be talking to Jason Adrians. Uh, he's a biologist with the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, and I think you're going to be very surprised, and this kind of sheds a light on what cutting back limits daily limits can do or how little impact it might have unless those cuts are very very deep be back with that information and more right here on the outdoors with don dubuque radio network and welcome back into the show you know uh, i I got talked into signing up on facebook after many years of resistance when we formed bayou wild tv uh chris lecock and our co-host Martha Spencer talked me into it. So now i got something else i got to monitor. The Facebook page, i got texts, i got telephone, just all these forms of communication. And uh, i got people asking me, am I stir-crazy? Uh, not quite, not yet, but if this weather keeps up, I might get that way. All right, um, getting back to our text, somebody's telling me the locks are closed today. Yeah, I would suspect that. Those locks always close when you get... Uh, tidal surges and with that wind still coming in from the south yeah i'm sure that was going to happen so be aware of that also um his one says i haven't been able to listen much lately what's your thought on the duck season this year i hunt public land lafouche and terrebonne uh my thoughts so far not as bad as last year but almost and last year was one of the worst if you've been listening to the program over the past several months uh, i have declared a duck crisis in louisiana we are in terrible shape with uh, our wintering migration here, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, tune in at the end of this month. We're, uh, we're going to have another edition of uh, the Flyway Federation Foulmouth Talk, Josh Goins. Uh, if you go to the Flyway Federation's website and Facebook page, you'll hear a lot of opinions from people like yourself that are wondering where are the ducks, and I think it's a question that our duck management people on a state, federal, and a conservation level really need to address. Here's one that says, uh, almost, although it hasn't been much better than last year, the big change is our lake is almost all diving ducks. Yeah, that leads me to believe, you know, when they, they blame it on weather, diving ducks are usually the last to come. They're a little hardier, and they can tolerate stiffer weather. But they're here, but yet the puddle ducks are not. Where are they? In fact, there's some question about whether the counts are even honest and accurate. All right, got more text to go, and I'm going to also give you a summary of what was uh, told to the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission regarding our speckled trout populations and what some of the possible remedies might be. We're going to talk in great detail about this at 8 o'clock on the More Outdoors Show. Hope you'll be around for that. But right now we need to pause 10 seconds and let our local stations identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, one thing we're not going to spend a lot of time on is that speckled trout populations are down. I think there's enough evidence out there. They do uh, gillnet research surveys. They do recreational landing surveys. And the empirical evidence, anyone who's fished for speckled trout for longer than a decade or a decade or even the last seven or eight years can tell you it's not what it used to be. The fish are just not there. Here is what their summary said, that it has been overfished since 2014 
The overfishing occurred six out of the ten most recent years. The spawning stock biomass, which is the amount of fish that are left in the water to reproduce and continue the population, is at its lowest levels ever observed. Uh, the portion of three years or older female is also at the lowest levels observed. Recreational landings are the lowest they've been since 1990. And the bad news is, or the more bad news, the fishing effort to go get and catch those fish, the number of trips and fishermen, continues to be on the rise. Uh, so what that means is they have taken some steps, uh, not taken them yet, but there are steps that will be determined, best ways to address that, bring the population back. And there's a whole host of options, uh, decreasing the daily limit. You can increase the minimum size. You can put a slot limit. You can close areas. You can close seasons. Um, you can do any combination of those, and that's where the, the next step is going to be. But I think this might surprise a lot of you. Uh, the Angler Trip Harvest Frequency page, what this tells you is how many fishermen are catching how many fish per trip. Now, what would you guess that the average fisherman catches on a trip for speckled trout? 30% of anglers going on a trip catch one trout, 30%. Only 15% catch two, and about 10% catch three. So if you got, say, four guys go out on a boat, now remember this is individual, uh, and they come back with the 12 trout, well, which is pretty average. That's only three trout per person, and that's uh, 10%. It's like 5% catch between five and nine, and about 1.5, a very tiny number, catch between 10 and 24. And then you get a little bit of a spike on the limit of 25. 5% of the trips per angler result in a full 25 fish limit. That tells me if we cut it back to 15 and just say, okay, it's 15, that's it, 12 inches still going to remain the same, nothing else being changed, not going to accomplish much because you don't have, you've only got about 1.5% of all the trips that catch that many. So they're really not reducing the fishing pressure. And there's a whole lot more to this. Stay tuned uh, with this weather. If you're not going out, check us out at 8 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be on from 7 to 9. we got John uh, Flores talking about a Louisiana birding. Hunters and fishermen need to get in on this. I've been doing more and more of it, and I find it really enjoyable. And, you know, it helps uh, pass the time when you're sitting on that deer, slant, deer stand doing those slow hours. And then at 8 o'clock, Jason Adrians is going to come on. He's the one that made the presentation of their findings to the commission. And we'll get a lot more. You'll be able to ask him some questions and uh, maybe put your comments in, find out what the next steps are. And to listen to that, you just go to radio.com, and you'll find the click on for the station there, and we play live streaming. If you've got an HD radio, try to pick it up on 105.3. You may be able to get it depending on where you are. All right, we've got more fishing reports, and i got more texts coming in, getting some comments on the speckled trout situation. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, back to our text message board, and uh, this is in regard to uh, the, the fishing speckled trout limits that may be changed or sizes. Good morning, Don. I'd love to see the creel limit 12 to 15 per person stay at 12-inch limit. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that simple, and for those very reasons I was just talking about, the average catch. Uh, most people do not catch anywhere near 12 to 15 every trip. So by limiting someone who is only catching less than 5, to 15, what are you saving? Because they, they weren't going to catch those other 10 anyway. 
I think it's probably going to end up some type of a combination. And the way I'm looking at these charts, the, the higher you go, every inch you go on the minimum size, that keeps a lot of fish in the water. But by the same token, it also increases the mortality rate because a lot of those fish that you have to release, like Robbie was talking about, do not survive. So 8 o'clock, we're going to find out a lot more information from the biologist who is uh, very close to it. All right, here's one that says, I think we can give thanks to the amount of charter captains for one of the reasons we're now talking about cutting limits on speckled trout. Well, certainly any amount of any trout that are being caught in an overfish situation contributes to it. I can't squarely put the blame on charter captains. There's way too few of them compared to the massive numbers of recreational fishermen that are out there. And even though they're much more successful because they're better anglers, they're on the water every day, they've got better equipment, uh, they still are far outnumbered by the recreational fishermen. Even though those recreational fishermen don't catch anywhere near as many, the total quantity of it really does add up. Uh, here's one that says, Mississippi, it's 15 inches and a 15 bag limit. That's Tony from Godier, Mississippi, or Goche, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Yeah, Alabama is 15 and 6. Um, I think that's what Louisiana probably will, will settle into when all the, the, the ripples clear out of the way. And it's going to be a minimum size hike, maybe not as high as 15, and a, a bag limit cut. Uh, maybe more than 15, less than 15, or it may be at 15. There's a lot of options, and you can guarantee it's going to be controversial. All right, here's a call from a uh, text from the Lafayette area. Weather has passed us out here in the west. We're headed out to try and knock down a few. It's our first day checking in with the show this season, but we've been after them this year. While not the best season ever, we're actually doing better than last season. Good luck to all, and always be safe first. That's Aaron uh, hunting out in Johnson Bayou, Louisiana. Yeah, um, it, I think it's better than last. Last year was the absolute worst. Uh, that's why I'm saying we have a, a duck crisis. And this year, uh, for a number of reasons, one, I think they, they didn't get a lot of the, the unharvested corn that is flooded planted. Uh, that was part of it. It wasn't quite as wet. There wasn't as much water uh, for ducks to scatter, although that may be changing now. And I don't know, we just need to take more attention. we got really, I guess you could say, two crises. we got a speckled trout. I wouldn't say it's an alarming crisis yet. It's an overfish situation. It's going to take some better management options and tools to change that. But ducks, oh, ducks is a whole different situation. I think we got a long way to go in trying to restore Louisiana to what it once was in duck hunting. And by the way, I know there's, there was some technical difficulties uh, they had in posting the first uh, foul mouth radio show with Flyway Federation, Josh Goins. Uh, it has now been posted, and if you go to my website, you can pull it up. It was the 8 o'clock hour on the show on the 28th of December, and I know a lot of you have been waiting for it to get posted so you can listen to it because you missed it. A lot of you were probably in the duck blinds. You can go there and listen to it now. It's up and running, and so will the rest of our shows be posted. All right, here's one that says, sounds like most damage is done with 5% catching 25. That's probably 90% charters. Thanks, charters. Watch Sweetwater post picks every day of limits of 10. Well, actually, if you look at it, yeah, it, 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 I'm sure that 25 is it, but that's 5%. you got 95% of the other people out there, the recreational anglers, that have a cumulative impact that's much greater than the charter captain. And, hey, any change that's made affects them, too. If it goes down to 10 or less, they'll also have to abide by that, as they will on the minimum size changes, too, if that's part of it. 
Uh, here's one that says, I wonder if we should shut it down during spawning. One speck filled with egg equals a lot of speckled trout. We can't keep a blue crab with a sack that's from Tony. That's the, the crabs that are in the berry stage. Um, shut it down, close seasons, uh, that's a possibility. But I'm not sure that would be the best thing for the fishing industry and really for the fish themselves. All right, here's one that says uh, you can throw charters under the bus because they sponsor you. But I say buy charters. Gluttony is a deadly sin. Well, let me tell you about charters. And, and I don't have a lot of charters sponsor me anyway, and that wouldn't have any bearing on my opinion on them. But charter fishermen provide an opportunity for a lot of people who don't have the means or the time to enjoy fishing. And those people buy licenses. They buy equipment. And the taxes on their licenses and the matching funds is what funds the research and the management of those fish. Uh, I think a, a vibrant charter industry is a good thing for fishing. It's a good thing for conservation and certainly opens up the world of fishing to a lot of people who would never do it in their life. They might fish one, two, three times a year. And uh, I don't think that they are the, the total cause of the overfishing. When you look at the numbers, very small percentage of them that is compo compared to the general number of recreational fishermen out there. But everyone's entitled to their opinion, and glad to hear yours. All right, here's some more. Uh, let's see. If the percentages just reported are correct, then over half of the anglers are catching less than three per trip. Wow. Then I guess we're just regulating, regulating our charter captains at that point. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? There's, there's a difference of opinion among charter captains, and I'll ask the ones that I'm going to talk to this morning and others. What Would they mind the loose limits? And most of them would support that in order to keep a healthy fishing population out there. They'll take less, not a problem to most of them, and we'll find out what they have to say. All right, another one. Yeah, everybody's pointing at the charter captains. Believe me, they are not the total cause of the overfishing. All right, we got more texts coming in. Keep them coming. We'll get to them at 870-870. But right now we take a quick break, and we'll be back with a charter captain. Hopefully, Captain Darrell Carpenter will get his take on speckled trout limits and reductions. Right after this, on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Net. And it's a very windy, gusty, and going to be a rainy kind of day along the Great Gulf Coast. Not a good day to go fishing, but a better day to talk fishing. And that's what we're doing, and let's bring in Daryl Carpenter. Daryl, good morning, and rather than give a fishing report, I want to spend your time this morning talking about uh, what the charter boat industry, what does, you're tightly associated with the Louisiana Charter Boat Association. What is the feelings of the general membership and charter boats in general about lowering limits or increasing minimum sizes or instituting slot limits, closing areas, or, you know, limiting the number of anglers or whatever. What is the consensus? Is there a consensus among charter captains? Well, yeah, Don. I mean, we've had to we've had to look at it and address it with all the rumors and, and everything you've got coming through wildlife and fisheries. But, um, you know, the... We, we did survey them, and the the fleet has come in to saying that, look, you know, if the science supports it, and that's the key to it, that, you know, you have to have solid science that you are confident was conducted in the right way, that they would be happy. They would be – I shouldn't use the word happy. They would be okay as long as we stayed no, no lower than 15 trout, no lower than 15 fish per person. And then you've got this, I don't know where this argument comes in about, you know, there's a segment of the public that claims that they want to see guides, like in the federal system, they want to see guides lose their right to keep fish. 
And uh, that's, as far as we're concerned, that's definitely off the table. And that has nothing to do with us wanting to bolster limits by 25 or however many fish it is. For clients, it's got to do with the fact that we see how it went down in the federal system. And, you know, we have rights, and more so even in the in the inside fishery than the offshore fishery. We fish several times a week for ourselves in a lot of cases. So, you know, we definitely don't want to see that. But as long as the science supports it, you know, this industry above all wants fish here five years from now, ten years from now. Because without it, I mean, it's not like we lose a pastime. We lose our income. So, you know, if the science supports it, we're okay with a reasonable reduction. Well, you know, I'm not sure that, you know, 15 would would get it. I think there would have to be a combination of maybe increasing the minimum size along with the 15. Alabama chose to do both. Uh, they, They went to a slot limit, which made a minimum size of 15, a maximum size of 22 with one fish, you know, a trophy fish over 22 being able to be kept. Right. And But a total of six fish per person. And that's what the science showed that it was going to take for them to get to where they want to be with their speckled trout. And I don't know where ours is going to end up, but when you look at the average number of fish that are being caught right now by fishermen, particularly over the last five or six years, to say 15 is going to help, it will help very little because there's just not that many people that are catching that many anyway. Well, Don, you know, I, I looked at those slides with curiosity yesterday or Tuesday at that meeting, and I, and I talked to some independent biologists away from away from the department, and all. and like they said, there, there seems to be a, a a there seems to be a problem with some of these numbers. Something's missing, and we're not sure what it is yet. We got to look at it because all of the numbers don't match up. The number of recruitment that you're getting. But yet, you know, and I will tell you, there's one thing that was said at that meeting, at the meeting Tuesday by Jason Adrian, the biologist, is that all this time I had a misconception that we're looking to have these bigger fish, bigger fish, bigger fish, because like red snapper, their fecundity is better. You know, that they they speculate that that bigger fish lays more, better quality eggs. Well, the testimony at Tuesday's meeting, not in trout. With trout, you want more spawners and they could be younger. You know, Those so, 12, so, 13 inches are much more prolific. It's like if you needed set out to repopulate the human population, would we let our leave that up to our grandmothers to breed, or would it be better exactly. for those just above the teenagers, like 18 to, to 19 or 20? Same thing with exactly. trout. You know, but then you look at you also look at the experiment they did over in Lake Charles that you know when they dropped that limit in that Calcasieu basin and that didn't work and, and and it was supposed to be you know then the report came back after eight or ten years of it that well you know a, a, a reduction in limit uh, an increase in size and that type of stuff doesn't work in an open estuary because you can't control where the fish go. Uh, you you look at what they did with the bass in the spillway. You know when they when they tried to do it, it's an open estuary. You can't contain those fish. They tried introducing Florida strains and so forth. So it bothers us about what what would an open estuary do. And I actually heard some commissioners this week say, man, I wish we had telemetry studies to tell us where these fish are going. <laughs> and it seems to recall yeah. we used to have some of that. We, had, we did. We did. And that went by the wayside. And that is extremely valuable information. Well, Daryl, I uh, hope you'll be listening at 8. I'm sure you're not fishing today, but tomorrow looks like it might be a better day. And uh, in the meantime, if somebody wants to contact you or even the Charter Boat Association, how would they do that? Well, the Charter Boat Association can be found on the net at louisianasaltwater.com. Uh, I'm at, I'm, 
can be found on your website, realscreamers.com, or 225-937-6288. All right, my friend. Let's survive to fish another day. Thank you for checking in. Oh, it's coming. It's nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. All right, we'll be back with our number two. More text, more talk, stuff you and I love to do on a Saturday morning on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.